There we go. Good morning. I want to welcome you to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, enjoy Jesus, and glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Scanning the QR code located on the front of the worship guide allows you to connect to all of our online information um, about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, and along with our social media and um, everything else in one place. Guests particularly, we'd like you to click on that link for first-time guests and fill out that form if you're willing. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. Um, You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, which is 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35811. After the service, you may also drop off your offering in the designated area in the back of the church. Please make note of the upcoming events this week located in your worship guide, um, especially those for today. We'll be having our Enter the Village class directly after the service, and we'll be having Sunday equipping classes for all the kids. Um, and then the adults during SEC will be doing a community walk announcing our trunk retreat along with the youth. And the Goodson Village group will be meeting after that. Uh, those are your announcements. Uh, govern yourselves accordingly. Good morning. Let's uh, take this time to prepare our hearts and our minds um, to fellowship with the Lord today. I'm going to sing this song as a prayer. you 
your name. Something happens in the room. Lord, there's power in your name. Your presence is real. Father, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, which means because you dwell in us, because we have relationship with you, you are here and you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think today in this gathering. And so that's what we ask you to do, Lord. We know you are here. We ask you to move on our hearts. Renew our minds, restore us, be the joy of our salvation today. Heal who you want to heal, save who you want to save. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, please stand for our call to worship. It is taken from Isaiah 63, verse 7. Please join with me where it says people. Um, and all, and you will find this on the screen as well as in your worship guides. I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us and the great goodness to the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love, according to his compassion and the abundance of his steadfast love. Amen? Aren't you grateful that he's compassionate toward you? That he showers his love on you daily? Amen.
is victorious over all the world. He's victorious over all our struggle, all of our disappointment, all the all of that he is victorious over all of those things and he holds us like a shepherd guarding his children guarding his sheep amen amen the lord is worthy to be praised can we give him a hand clap of praise this morning he is so good his compassions are great to us and they fail not amen praise him Y'all can be seated. Good morning, everybody. As Lyle would say, you all look beautiful this morning. It's good to see you all here. Let's go to the Lord in a prayer of praise. Father God, as we come here together, as our spirits Unite as one, all facing toward you. I just imagine that vision of John as he saw into heaven, saw God on the throne and the glassy sea and the angels and the elders surrounding him and the multitudes. Just imagining us as being a part of that multitude and being so overcome with you and being in your presence that we just fall down before you. And Father, I just pray that that would not be some distant future reality, but that would be a reality in the present here today. That our spirits would be lifted up to you and would fall down in worship of you, of your greatness, of your amazing grace and mercy and power that pours down upon us day by day. Father, just think about how you are real. You are the definition of reality. You're not some far-off thing, some far-off great-grandfather. But you're real. You hold all things together by the word of your power. You are real. You are the reality. And these things that we hold on to so tightly in this world are just like grass and will fade away. So, Father, turn our hearts to you. Draw us into your presence, into the Holy of Holies, through the body and blood of Jesus, that we may worship you here. Father, let us not ever forget the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus on our behalf, who lived a life we could not live, who died a death we deserved and then rose again so that we could have eternal life with him forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our confession of sin comes from Exodus 32, verse 33. And this is a time for us to consider our sin and our sins of omission, our sins of commission, uh, and for us to be able to uh, confess those. So here is the confession of sin. But the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Let's just spend a few moments in uh, silent confession, confessing our sins to our, our Lord. assurance of pardon comes from Hebrews 10 verses 15 through 17 and the Lord and the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days declares the Lord I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds then he adds I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more thanks be to God Will you please stand with me? 
Good morning, church. How you guys doing today? I must say you do look good, just like Richard said. You ought to come up here and see yourself sometime. Uh, there has been a correction as far as the uh, scripture reading is concerned. In the bulletin it says Colossians, but we will be reading from uh, Psalms 128, uh, verses 1 through 6. And the song of ascent, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and you shall be well with you, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. 
your children will be like olive shoots around the, around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Uh, supplication is when we actually request, uh, make our request to Lord, to the Lord as earnestly as we can. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and start to pray, and you guys can uh, also join in uh, silently and ask earnestly for the things that you uh, would like the Lord to do. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you uh, with open arms and open heart. We, uh, first of all, just want to thank you for sending your son to take away uh, the sins of the world and to bring salvation to your people. We, can, we ask that you will continue to just bless us and grow us up in the knowledge of your word. We ask that you would uh, take care of our families, take care of those around us, and draw all men unto you. We thank you for just all the things that you continue to do, and we just request that you uh, be with those who are in war on the other side of this country. Uh, we ask that you would uh, take care of those children and families uh, that are under your protection. We just want to thank you for all that you continue to do, and we just ask that you be with us through the end of time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. 
wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Truly, what a wonderful name it is. Amen. That truly has no rival, that has no equal. The name that's above all names, that name of our Savior and our Redeemer and our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, what a beautiful name that is. It makes it really easy to do what I have to do up here when we think about how beautiful and how wonderful Jesus' name is. Amen. Good morning, Village Fam. I, for those of you whom I've not met, my name is Marcus Nobles. I'm the pastoral intern here, which means that I get to pinch hit whenever Alex isn't around. So on behalf of our pastor, Alex Shipman, um, who was out due to a death in the family, y'all are stuck with me. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be half bad. So not only am I the pastoral intern here, I'm also the RUF campus pastor for Reform University Fellowship at Alabama A&M. And I don't take lightly this opportunity that I have to stand here in this place and to deliver God's word to God's people. Um, It's a beautiful and wonderful responsibility that I don't take for granted. And I appreciate standing here. And I appreciate this chance that we have to gather together as like-minded believers and dig deeply into God's word. So today we're going to be looking at Psalms 128, the Psalm of Ascent. It's a really short psalm. And if you don't mind, it's only six verses, so let's read it once more. Psalms 128. I'll give you a chance to pull it up on your Bible app if you're fancy and young like uh, some of us are. And in your good old Bible if you have one of those with you. Psalm 128. And it reads as follows. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of, of your labor. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be uh, blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of the Lord. I do believe it's true. The grass may wither, the flowers thereof may fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we come to you humbly once more just to say thank you for being our God. Thank you for being the name that is above all names. Thank you for choosing us to be your people. And Father, we're grateful that you are our God. So, Father, as we now turn to your word, let it be written deeply on the tablets of our hearts. And, Father, let the words of this, your scripture, go with us everywhere as we leave this place, as we go out into the world, as we operate as your elect exiles. Let people see us through you by the word of your scripture. This and all things we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, we're looking at Psalms 128. It's a psalm um, of ascent, and the songs of ascent are this collection of 15 songs, Psalms 120 through 134, that are found in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. And these psalms are so named because they're traditionally believed to have been sung by Jewish pilgrims as they ascended to Jerusalem for uh, various religious festivals, especially the three 
major annual festivals, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And these songs of ascent are characterized by their themes of worship and praise and devotion and makes them particularly suited for communal worship and for this type of pilgrimage in with which they would have been sung as these people were traveling. So think of a road trip. Any of you ever been on a really good road trip? Yeah? I remember growing up as a little kid, um, uh, I come from a military family, so we lived all over the place. And for the longest, we lived in a little town called Olathe, Kansas, which is, uh, then it was a a tiny little blip. Now it's a big major metropolis, but it's just outside of Kansas City. And all of our family lived in Birmingham. So every year, just like these Jewish pilgrims, we would make this major pilgrimage on the major holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, uh, uh, and, and whatnot, and we would drive the 13-hour drive from Olathe, Kansas, to Birmingham, Alabama. And I remember vividly those road trips, fighting with my siblings. Yeah, my sister's in the back there. She's smiling really big. Um, I remember fighting with my siblings. I remember stopping for gas and my father being upset because we'd have to stop again after we just stopped for gas to go to the bathroom. Anyone in here with kids know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, 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 the trip really could have taken 11 hours, but it always took about 13, right? And the one thing that I remember the most in all of those road trips, because we did it several times, is music, right? A road trip isn't a good road trip without some music to go along with it. And one of, the, one of my most favorite things from my youth in remembering those road trips is remembering the songs that we would listen to as we took that long voyage driving from Olathe, Kansas, all the way to Birmingham, Alabama. And it's amazing how those gospel songs that my parents listened to over and over and over again almost became ingrained into into my theology, right? These songs that we listened to over and over, that we memorized and sang time and time again, became ingrained into what I believe, right? Songs like this one, what a beautiful name it is. Songs that, simple songs that said, yes, Jesus loves me, right? You guys know songs like that. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. What a, what a beautiful thing to be ingrained into your theology, right? And so likewise, these psalms collectively serve as a guide for spiritual reflection and worship during these pilgrims' journey from wherever they were to Jerusalem for these holy times. And it emphasizes these themes of faith and trust and unity and devotion to God, which makes them not only historically significant, but also an active and relevant um, thing for us to focus on uh, for our Christian worship and meditation today. So let's dig into this scripture. Verse 1, Psalm 28, verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Church, what does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean to fear the Lord? In the Hebrew, when this psalm was written, fear, yare, is this word that means to stand in awe of. Not just to be afraid, but to have reverence for. To have a deep-seated honor to. Right? So think about that for a second. What do we genuinely, truly fear? What do we have reverence for? What do we give and ascribe honor to? When I think of what it means to have reverence and honor for the Lord, I think about how children view their parents. Likewise, we should view our father the same way, as someone that we have a close relationship to, right? We should have a close relationship with fear and honor and reverence with our heavenly father. Peter puts it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout your time of exile. Peter tells us here that we should know that we have a father we can call on. Amen? And we can call on him for help. And because we know whose we are, we should act like it. Amen? That's what verse 1 is talking about here when it says those who walk in his ways, people who act like they know whose they are. 
to whom they belong. Amen? We, Christians, we, church, we should carry ourselves in such a way that shows not just who we are, but whose we are. That's the fear that he's talking about here. That we should live our lives knowing that we have membership in God's family, and that comes with some privileges and some discipline. Amen? Hebrews puts it this way. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My sons, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises everyone whom he receives. For it is discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons and daughters. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? That's the fear that that this psalm is getting at, right? Not just to be afraid of, but to have reverence and honor for. Just like we should have reverence and honor for our Heavenly Father. Amen? We know that we have a relationship when we get the privileges and the discipline. I put it to my students this way. You ever played sports? Anybody in here ever played sports? Yeah? I'm a six foot one, 300 pound dude. Like I, I, you, you can't look like this in the state of Alabama and not play football, right? So I played football for a long time. And one thing that I always noticed while playing football was the coach was always hardest on the best players, right? On the five-star recruit, that's the one that the coach had the most input for, right? If that player dropped a pass, the coach was on him, right? If that player missed an assignment or missed a block, coach was on him. Anybody watch any college football yesterday? Anybody see any any coaches get upset when something didn't go how it was supposed to? Right? Now, the thing that I found most interesting in my short stint as a football player was that those ones who just barely made it on the team, right, coach never had anything to say to them. If they missed an assignment, if, if they missed a block, no sweat. Get on back over here to the bench, son. Good job. Right? Church, you are God's five-star recruit. (sighs) Do you believe it? You are the thing that he's most proud of. All the way back to Genesis in creation, after he created everything else and after he made man, he looked at man and said, it's not good that, that you should be alone. And he created a spouse for man, right? And ever since the very beginning, the thing that God has been the most proud of is you, his creation. You are his five-star recruit. So, of course, you don't just get the, the uh, uh, privileges and the benefits, but you also get the discipline. Amen? So we know that we have a relationship when we get the privileges, the benefits, and the discipline. One commentary puts it this way. Although many dismiss fear of God as an Old Testament concept, which has no place in a New Covenant church, They do so to neglect the many New Testament passages and to the impoverishment of their spiritual lives. Fear of God's discipline is a good and proper attitude. It's the sign of a New Testament church growing in maturity and experiencing God's blessings. Moreover, fear of God is connected with growth and holiness. Fear of God is connected with our growth in holiness, whose you are, to whom you have a relationship with. Tim Keller put it this way, to fear the Lord is to be overwhelmed with wonder before the greatness of God and of his love. Let me say that again so it really sticks. To fear the Lord is to be overwhelmed with wonder before the greatness of God and of his love. This is one of the points that I repeat to my students at Alabama A&M all the time. Live your life in such a way that shows not just who you are, but whose you are. One of my favorite classes in seminary at RTF Jackson, oddly enough, was Christian Encounter with Islam. And in that class, we dug into 
the, in, the intent of the class was to dig into what Islamic faith believes, but the actual point of the class, at, at least for me, was it actually solidified what we believe as Christians, right? So by studying another religion, it actually solidified some things for me as far as what we believe as Christians. And the biggest difference between the, those two religions are this relational aspect, this relational aspect that we have with our God who created us. And how God wants for us as Christians to have a close, intimate, personal relationship with him. Amen? Folks, that's the whole rub. From the very beginning of the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament, everything that Jesus did was to bring us back into good and right relationship with this Father who knows us and loves us and created us and wants relationship with you. TVC Youth, last SEC session, we talked about the Ten Commandments. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I hope so. Okay. I, I see some heads nodding yes. And remember how we talked about the Ten Commandments and how all of them really pointed to the same thing? What was that one thing that all the Ten Commandments pointed to? Love, right? Name a commandment, anybody. Don't kill. Is it loving to kill? Name another commandment. Don't steal. Is it loving to steal? How about this? Honor your father and mother. Is it loving when you dishonor your parents? Think about it. All of all of the Ten Commandments are really God's terms and agreements to relationship. Anybody here have an iPhone? Yeah. When 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 you first picked up your smartphone, I'm sure there were some terms and agreements that you didn't read. You just clicked yes to so that it would keep rolling. Right. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Likewise, the Ten Commandments are these terms and agreements that God left behind that we've all clicked yes to because we call ourselves Christians. Right? So in the Ten Commandments, the first four talk about how God wants us to relate to him, and the last six talk about how he wants us to relate to each other. But really, all ten of them point to the same thing, love. Love. What's real love? It's relationship. That's why thousands of years later, Jesus can come on the scene and say the greatest commandment is what? Love. Love one another. When we have a relationship with our Father and have a healthy fear of the Lord, we live a life that shows whose we are and we walk in his ways. And when we do, um, we receive his blessings. Let's look at verse 2. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands you shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Church, when we walk in his ways, our work will not be in vain. When we walk in his ways, our work starts to matter. Amen? I love my job. I think I have the best job in the entire world. My job, nine to five, is to be on campus preaching to college kids and packaging the gospel in a beautiful and irresistible way that leads them into loving relationship with this father that we keep talking about. Church, I've done a lot of things. I've jumped out of helicopters. I've shot stuff and blown stuff up. I've run PT clinics. Um, I've run sports programs. I've, I've done a ton of stuff. But this is the best job that I've ever had in my entire life. Why? Because now that I'm walking in his ways, my work tell you guys a story. Before I took this job and started doing campus ministry full-time, I was running three PT clinics. The money was great, but I was miserable. In fact, it got so bad that at one point I had Bell's palsy and the left side of my face was paralyzed for about six months. And just before that, I wound up having heart surgery twice. 28 years old, laid out on the table, having heart surgery. And it's because I was so stressed and I was so overwhelmed and I was so built up with trying to achieve greatness on my own and what I realized that none of my work actually mattered. And that I could literally work myself to death and they would replace me the next day. (sighs) 
But then finally I had this light bulb moment while I was laid out on a table prepping for heart surgery where it felt like the Lord himself was literally talking to me. And I quit my job in physical therapy and I went to, to a seminary so that I could preach the gospel. You know, I haven't had a single health problem since. I finally found a way to walk in his ways in such a way that my work matters. Amen? When we walk in his ways, our success is no longer our own. When we walk in his ways, our success becomes orchestrated by the providence of a loving God. When we walk in his ways, blessings flow. Amen? Do you believe it? Church, when we walk in his ways, it shall be well with you. Hear that. It doesn't say that things will always be easy. It doesn't say that, our, uh, that we will always get our way. It doesn't say that things will never get hard. It doesn't say that we won't have to struggle. It doesn't say that we'll always get what we want. But what the psalm says to us is that it will be well with you. Amen? One of my favorite hymns penned by Horatio Spafford in 1876 captures this perfectly. And he says, it is well with my soul. Anyone know the story behind that hymn? It's a tragic one. When he wrote this hymn, it was in the midst of a great span of tragic events. Horatio was a successful lawyer in Chicago. And he had bought lots of property, and he was very wealthy. And then the Chicago, the Great Chicago Fire happened in, in 1871, and everything that he owned burned. So now this successful man is in the midst of financial ruin, where all of his property that he owned was 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 now gone. And shortly thereafter, um, he decides that he's going to move his family back to Europe. And in doing so, he sends his wife and his four daughters because he gets caught up with with business. He sends them ahead, and the ship wrecks, and all four of his daughters die. And his wife sends a telegram that says that she alone survived. So a man who had built great success for himself loses everything, even all of his children. And in the middle of all that grief, he sings this song. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless state and he has shed his own blood for my soul. Church, this hymn tells us that things may not always be good. But when we walk in his ways, it will be well with our soul. This hymn sings to us that even when it doesn't go our way, that it can be well with our soul. Why? Not because of the success that we create, but because of a God who loves us. Church, we have a relationship with our Father. When we have a relationship with our Father and we walk in His ways, the blessings that He can give are like peace that surpass all understanding. Amen? Ooh, that's a lot for two verses. Verse 3. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots all around your table. Anybody ever seen an olive shoot? Anybody ever seen an olive tree? Yeah? When the tree grows, the olive shoots sprout from all the branches. And each branch, instead of just having one or two branches with leaves and then olives, will have shoots, multiple shoots. And olives will just produce everywhere. And then as the tree matures and it gets even bigger and it grows and grows, the shoots start to sprout from the ground where new plants come up. More olives show up. Church, 
what this what this psalm is telling us is that when we walk in our, when we walk in his ways that our family will be blessed and will be a blessing this is a picture of the way that god wants to bless his people not just you but your whole family you will delight and your family will be fruitful church all the way back in genesis god blessed adam with a spouse and gave him exactly what he needed God looked at Adam and said that it's not good for you to belong to be alone and then blessed him with a wife. And then verse 3 continues to say that your children will be like olive shoots and produce not just new branches but shoots all around the table. Imagine the image that this must have painted to these ancient Near East folks as they sang this song as they were pilgriming to Jerusalem. Imagine what, what it must have looked like for them to think that God who loves me so much and whom I adore so much is going to bless me in such a way that my family will grow and be fruitful. To those folks, this had to have been the ultimate blessing that they could have possibly wanted. Not money, not material wealth, not things, but a family that's fruitful. A wife that's like a vine. Children that are like olive shoots around their table. Imagine the picture that that must have painted for them. And it goes on to second what we see in verse 6. It says that you will see generations. To them, that was real wealth. That was the wealthiest that they could have possibly have been. To live in such a way that they not only survive, but they see their children's children. That's what real wealth looks like. For your wife to be like a vine and for your children to be like olive shoots around your table. Verse 4 continues and confirms these blessings. Verse 4, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Church, this is how you get to those type of blessings. Is by having fear and honor and reverence for our father. And walking in his ways. Amen. We're almost done. Verse 5 and 6. It ends with this benediction. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Here in verse 5 and 6, it confirms God's blessings to you and your family for being in a relationship with him and walking in his ways. And think about what this says. May, the pros- uh, may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Really catch what that's saying, church. Not just today, not just tomorrow, but all the days of your life. Look at how God's blessings permeate through everything. When you have relationship with him and when you walk in his ways, you receive his blessings, not just today, but all the days of your life. Amen? Church, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Right? That by being in relationship with this God who loves us and knows us and created us, and by walking in his ways, that his blessings don't just come once, but they come forever. So let us walk in his ways. Let us be at peace. Let it be well in our souls. Church, let us see blessings from our Father, a happy family, and children, and our children's children, for generations. Church, let us be blessed in our reverence and wonder of our Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we come to you humbly once again to say thank you. Thank you for being our God, and always thank you for choosing us to be your people. Father, remind us of your love for us. Let your love be so prominent in our hearts that we walk in fear and reverence and honor to you. Father, remind us of your blessings that you want for us. 
that come from relationship with a loving, knowing, living father. Blessings like a fruitful family. Blessings like seeing our children and our children's children for generations. Father, remind us that your blessings aren't short, that they don't run out, that they last for all the days of our life. Father, remind us that you are our God and that we are your people. It's this and all things that we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand for our closing song. May the peace of the Lord go with you. The peace of the Lord go with you. May your spirit rest within you. Comfort and be friend you. He is right beside you to constantly remind you you're a child of the King. May the peace of the Lord go with you. The peace of the Lord go with you. May your spirit rest within you to comfort and be benediction today comes from the scripture uh, that we just read, Psalms 128, 5 and 6. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Amen. Now before we go, we have a, um, some quick announcements from our elders. Thank you for that wonderful sermon. Um, I wanted to say to the church that we have a wonderful, wonderful event that's going to take place this week. Chris and Emma will be making a union of becoming one. One of the hardest jobs, but I'm sure God is going to help them through it. Let's clap it up for them. But we've also been challenged, too, as uh, members of this church that we always stand in support. So we're going to pray for them. We're going to encourage them. We're going to ask Chris and Emma and the family to come up, and we want the church, the village church, to follow right behind them as we pray for them. They're asking everyone to come up and pray with them on their union this coming week. So please come. Now let me stand up. <laughs> and just to give a little inst- some instructions as everyone is coming. We're going to have a moment of silence as you asking for everyone to pray. So if you in this room, kids, babies, if you're just nine months, you're going to be praying. And then then we're going to have Richard close us out with a prayer. Amen. Let us go before the Lord.